Hello and welcome to another episode of DIY EV Chat, a very special episode today. Uh, my name is Tom Cheeseright. I'm a relative novice at building your own electric cars, having done one and working on my second. And my guest today is a man whose innovation, whose open source project is at the heart of lots of people's conversions, including mine. Uh, welcome to DIY EV Chat, Johannes Hubner. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Hi. Now, listen, I need to know, first of all, where this all got started. Um, you know, I've watched, well, I think, maybe not all of your videos, but probably most of them now. And there is a level of understanding and knowledge there that is kind of foundational to starting a project like this. So how did you get started in you know, EV conversions and the, and the open inverter project? Where did that come from? Well, it kind of started way back in 2008 uh, when I finished university and I was kind of unemployed for I think four months and was kind of picturing myself getting into my diesel car every morning and starting it up and having all the smoke uh, to commute to work and that didn't feel right so I kind of got started into this whole electric propulsion thing and uh, into AC motors and I was just um, being a computer scientist by trade the the process was very intriguing of uh, controlling this big machinery with just a few lines of code. So that what kind of got me excited into all this. So you you studied topic. computer science at university. Yeah. Uh, and then you and so that sort of four months was was a kickstart, and then you went into a full time job, I guess. Did you? Yes, I did. Uh, first in the town I lived, and then I moved to where I live now, to Castle to work at SMA, who do like big solar inverters. Okay. So that was some, some good learning experience. And so very much direct experience of the same sort of technology as, as you're looking at inside the car conversions. Yes, it's all three-phase inverters, just big larger ones for the <laughs> megawatt PV plants. But yeah. and, and then when did, you get, when did you start to make hardware to go with it? When did that come about? Um, well, when I say I'm a computer scientist by trade, I also studied um, electrical engineering. It was kind of a combined sort of, uh, course. And but this project really got me into it. Like at uni, I was rather not so good at uh, you know all the formulas and sigmas and integrals. I hated it. <laughs> but when actually doing it hands on, it was uh, it was quite fun. It's amazing how I much you sort of. A practical project gives you that motivation. Oh yes, very much indeed. So that was back in what sort of when did you when did you reach the first board? When did you sort of put that out there that other people could start to play with? Uh, that would have been two thousand and thirteen, so five years after I initially got started. Uh, and what was the community like then? Was there a, was there a, a DIY electric car community out there? Um, well, at first I was kind of on my own, and uh, for the first two years, I'd say. And then I met a guy at this company, SMA, who said, oh, you're doing electric car conversions. Do you know this forum, the DIY electric car forum, which I guess all of us know? And I said, no, I don't. So I subscribed there, and that's um, how I kind of put my stuff out there. And encountered other people who've become sort of big parts of that world as well, I guess. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so what was the first car then? What was the first car that you built? Well, that would have been the Polo. So the Polo was a very old school conversion. No canvas, uh, not even power steering. A, an AC induction kind of 
industrial motor, voltage to the transmission, homebrew inverter, and all like analog signals. Wow. But it had some innovation in it, as in it didn't have a charger, but it used the motor and the inverter um, as a charger, because it's an inductor, the motor, and sure. the inverter is switching elements, so you can use it to charge. So it was kind of software-defined charging, with no additional hardware. Wow. I mean, and something people are still doing now. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's pretty cool. So when was that? When did when did you when did you get that on the road? The polo that would have been two fourteen, I think. And that must have been was that fairly challenging with the with the with the TUV with the with the German inspection regime to get that road legal. Well, I was lucky because uh, you're right. Uh, if you do like homebrew or, or non-matching inverter and motor combos in Germany, you have to get. EMC certification and it's it's kind of split. You know this magical two thousand and one figure. Yeah. Before two thousand and one, apparently it's easier. Like the certification process is not as harsh as opposed to later. So what I did was basically hand a case of beer to a colleague at SMA, his <laughs> inverter company. Uh, we just drove onto their free field uh, EMC facility for three <laughs> hours and. Had it spin an idle, do all the, the measurements and took so oh, that was fancy, yeah, it's got to be correct. And it passed. Yeah, so that, I mean, not everyone has access to a sort of EMC testing facility, I guess. Yeah, very lucky there. <laughs> so so that, you got the Polo done, and, and do you still have that car? Uh, no, there was an incident. Ah, what happened yeah. there? Basically, the, the heater... Um, it was a bit of a chain reaction. The batteries were, were no, no good anymore, and uh, it's a way of charging when it's boosting. And maybe as some of you know, a boost converter can reach an arbitrarily high voltage. So if you remove the load from it, it just rises and rises. So that then triggered the heating, because the heating switching element also has some breakdown voltage. If you pass it, it switches on the heating, but not the ventilator. Yeah, very smoky. Yes, yes. So that that kind of put paid to the polo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what was next then? What was the next car? And then was the Turan conversion. I did that before before the polo kind of died. Right. Um, basically, because New Electric donated me a Nissan Leaf motor, and I had this motor sitting in my shed and spinning and, and working on all that, and I definitely wanted to put it into a car to actually put it to a test. And I always liked minivans, so the Turan is kind of a hitched up gold. Yeah. Pretty much. Very useful size. Oh, yeah, definitely. And yeah, so put the Nissan uh, Leaf motor in there with my very crude mechanical skills. I am pretty terrible at that, but still good enough. And what I liked, uh, the aspect I liked most about the Turan is that all the EV tech was. Um, was not intruding into the inside of the car. Mm. The batteries underneath, the motor, well, that could be the engine bay. And if you get into the car, you will not see any indicator that this has been converted. And you did quite a lot of hacking with the canvas on the Tran as well, didn't you, to reuse the instruments and everything? Yeah, exactly. Like to, to keep the ESP happy, you have to do quite a lot of hacking. And uh, yes, also to use the instrument cluster or 
Things like climate control. So if you push the AC button nowadays, controls the heater, stuff like that. It's very handy because you don't have to um, lay new wires to mm. do all that. And in terms of other components, so it was it was a Nissan Leaf inverter and motor. Yes. And then your control board. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so how are you controlling? Was that control of the inverter over sort of serial comms, or was that? Uh, or were you, were you directly controlling the the inverter? Yes, I actually swapped the brain board out. Right. So uh, we know it's possible to control, control Nissan's original logic with some CAN messages. Um, but I wanted to put my own FOC algorithm to the test, so I swapped out the board. It also allows you to reach a bit more power, which is not that relevant for a true run, but <laughs> still you can. And, uh, but I mean, it was mainly tested, so... You wanted the control? Yes. And in terms of the other components, is that using a lot of the same things that other people put in, the the power steering pump, etc., the the vacuum pump, all the same sort of parts? Vacuum, yes. Power steering, no. It's electric. Ah! And was that uh-huh. from the factory, or did you, you retrofitted the electric, did you? No, it's, it's from the factory, and it's silent. You don't hear it a bit. <laughs> What a dream. Mm-hmm. Something I need to do on my conversion because like a lot of people, the noisiest part now is the power steering pump and the vacuum. Yeah, I heard you talk about it and I can <laughs> much relate. I think the next one's going to have to go in some sort of insulated box to try and bring the noise down. Yeah. Although, then I do slightly worry about pedestrians. Um, it's, they already don't hear it coming. Um, and it's quite low and quite small. So, yes, I shall have, need to be a little bit careful. Some sort of noise generator, perhaps, or just a really big sound system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, have it going. they can just hear my subwoofer coming down the street. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you're largely doing the work on these on your driveway, aren't you? I saw your big sort of canopy over your Audi. Was that the case with the Turan as well? Yes, all three conversions just happened in the driveway. Fantastic. I've, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to picture where Kassel is in in Germany. But I mean, I'm familiar. I know, I know, sort of the, the sort of the the gap between Frankfurt and Stuttgart quite well because my wife's from uh, from Heilbronn. But uh, okay. but I don't know. I don't know where Kassel is. Is it a warm part of the world or is it a wet part of the world? Well, it's, it's the middle part of Germany. Okay. So, you know, Frankfurt is just drive north a little bit further and then okay. same so, same sort of highway. So not not too bad weather wise, at least in summer. Yeah, I mean, better than Ireland, I guess. <laughs> yeah, probably better than Manchester, where I am. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, Every, most of the videos look quite rainy. Yeah, I mean, it's become a bit of a cliche on the channel that it's a wet day in the north, and it always, I mean, yet again today, it is another wet day in the north, which is why I spent yesterday making a, an adapter plate for my new motor uh, in the laundry room. Uh, and then realised just how difficult it is to get rid of metal shavings. Um, you know, going around with a magnet and a microfiber cloth, trying to pick up all the little bits of metal um, that I've made. But anyway, I shall. I do have a garage now, so I shall move in there. So you got the the first one through the tour. What about the second one? Did you have to get Did you have to get the Turan approved as well, or, or with the matched inverter and motor? Is that rather easier? That's much easier. You can skip the entire um, EMC part. And it doesn't matter whether the car is like newer than two, two or one or uh, older. So you just hand them a couple of part numbers. Like this is a Nissan motor, that's a Nissan inverter. I handed in a, a bit more part numbers, like the original DC cable and the switch gear, and it looked very impressive. Like I used all the original stuff. 
And yeah, that's just something to Oh, very good. And, and what's insurance like in 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 Germany? Is is getting insured difficult? Uh, no, because I I got the car registered and insured before converting it, and then afterwards I called my insurance and said, "Do you have any special tariffs for um, EVs or EV conversions even?" And they said, "Yeah, I will take a look." And then they sent me a new bill that was exactly the same number as the old bill, so no difference. That's very nice. I wish yeah. that was the case here. <laughs> Is it more expensive? Um, so, it, insuring my conversion, there's only one company in the UK that we know of who will insure EV conversions at the moment. Oh. Um, and it costs £1,500 a year to insure mine. Um, oh, my God. That's now, that's that's partly a factor of where I live. I live you know, in the middle of a city with a fairly high car crime rate. Um you know, Jamie's electric beetle, which has the same drivetrain as mine, he's paying about £300 a year. Um, but he lives in a rather more sort of quiet and rural part of the world. So um, his insurance is much lower anyway. But yeah. Oh, you know, I see. So it's a, it's, it's a full, I don't know what the English term is. We call it Vollkastel in German, where they pay you even if you destroy your own car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah, fully, okay, well, yeah, fully comprehensive, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, it's the, the the price difference between comprehensive and third party was negligible. Um, okay. It's a very small. It was a very small difference. Mostly, it's a factor of my postcode and the fact that only one company will do it, so there's no competition for the yeah, third price. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's the trade off. At, at least being a pre two thousand and one car, I don't have to pay any tax. So, uh, you know, swings and roundabouts, uh, as we say, it's uh, you, know, you, you give with one hand, take away with the other. Um, so you've so you've done the so you did the polo, you did the Turan, and you've you've done a lot of miles in the Turan now, haven't you? you I, I followed your your sort of giant tour in it, um, t testing out the technology. Some issues charging at one point, I think. Yeah, that would have been the Sweden trip. I mean, I did a lot of um, trips throughout Germany that were pretty much well small niggles, but nothing that kind of stopped me. But then going to Sweden uh, was a different story, especially the further north you get. And you will find out that the granularity of charges drops. Yeah. And also that every other one is broken. <laughs> so while you can do things like uh, aim for 10% set of charge here in Germany, that's not a problem. You should definitely not do that in Sweden. Just leave a big margin for error. So yeah, once I had to get on a flatbed. <laughs> I think I think it's a, it's a formative experience of the uh, of the EV owner. When I was talking to Stuart Dean the other day, he got picked. So he had to get picked up by a flatbed and his Volkswagen T5. I've had to I've had to do a battery swap at the side of the road um, <laughs> to get myself home. Um, <laughs> which you know, fortunately that it wasn't the, the car wasn't too far from the house, but and I had spare modules. But you know, got the end. What what modules are you using in the Turan, by the way? What what are the batteries in that? It's always been Nissan Leaf, so I right. started out with a 24 kilowatt hour pack, and actually did long distances on that, but it's uh, we spent very much time charging. And now with the 40 kilowatt hour pack, it's uh, actually quite exciting. Very good. Um, and you're working on your another conversion now, albeit this one's not for you. Yes, um, I suddenly felt the urge to do another conversion. And I think it's again triggered by having a drivetrain in my shed that's uh, not being used. 
And basically, Damien cleared out his stock before moving house, and he sent me his Nissan, uh, no, sorry, his uh, Toyota Prius transmission and inverters and stuff. Um, so yeah, I said to my wife, I want to do another conversion, and she said, oh, you're going to have another useless car in the driveway. <laughs> and she just but didn't agree. So, so, hmm. And yeah, I have this friend in where I lived formerly who always wanted to do an EV conversion for himself, so I gave him all, all the various parts, but he never really got started. So yeah, we just agreed that I do the conversion for him, and I don't have to drive it myself. Isn't that great? <laughs> you get all the fun of the project. Yeah. So that's that's a Prius drivetrain, a Prius inverter as well? Yes, because it's got to be matched. Gotcha. That makes life a lot easier, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's that's one thing that is easier here. Actually, you can um, you can get away with unmatched parts without much issue, oh, um, uh, and no sort of EMC testing. Mm-hmm. And they're more concerned about chassis modifications. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to sort of you know, keep your points. You, you get points for everything you change, and you have to keep your points down. Um, but they're not particularly fussed about unmatched unmatched parts, which is interesting. And so, what's your and the, and the, the you're doing an Audi A2, which I think, as I said to you on uh, uh, on on the YouTube comments, is a you know a bit of a cult car over here. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of car journalists I on podcasts I listened to heard them talking about the A2, and there's one at the end of my road which I've sort of half got my eye on. I quite fancy, albeit it's probably not that practical with my my kids the age and size they are these days. Uh, but very cool car. And so, when's the aim to have that on the road? Uh, it's moving a lot faster than all the previous conversions, I have to say. So definitely this year, I'd say. Maybe in summer, if, I'm, if it all goes really nicely to plan. And where are you going to squeeze the battery packs on the A2? It's pretty easy once again. Okay. Because again, I'm, I'm using a Nissan Leaf um, cells. So I found after removing the fuel tank that you can just cut out uh, the, the metal below the rear seat. And they drop right in with like a 2 centimeter margin left and right. Like it's made for it. <laughs> so it's one half and the other half is going to sit on top. So this car is not going to have rear seats, but the owner said he, he never put anyone on his rear seats, so he doesn't mind losing them. All right. Personally, I would put them in the trunk, so there's uh, an equal amount of space uh, in there. But he prefers that. So yeah. I'm fine with that. It's, it's what you need, isn't it, if, you, if that's what's useful. Um, You mentioned that you're... I mean, you're computing sort of computer science skills and electronic skills are clearly there you mentioned that your the weak points perhaps your mechanical skills has, has that been the biggest challenge solving the mechanical problems on these projects or has it been other things that have caused you the biggest problems hmm. that's a good question i mean i've i've uploaded the more complicated mechanical things actually to this guy thomas who i'm doing the a2 conversion for oh, okay so I'm sending just sending photos and uh, measurements, and he, he does the parts for me. So it's uploaded. Challenges in the conversion. I'd say for the tour run, the ugliest part was mounting the batteries underneath the car. Right. Because you have to lift them up from underneath. You have to get between the two battery bricks. I think I sent you a photo. Uh, that you might show. It's, there's really tight space between the battery bricks, and you have to get in there with the tool and tighten the middle bolts. 
And that's, you know, all the poles, battery poles are poking at you and you're getting <laughs> in there with your tool. That doesn't that's... sound like fun. No. Yeah, I'll definitely put the photo up so people can see what you mean. It does. It sounds slightly scary, and it's it's what kind of puts me off the leaf packs is is having those sort of exposed terminals and bus bars. Um, I, I they're not the most uh, energy dense, but I do like the BMW modules for the reason that everything is kind of shielded away, and it's just sort of compact modules you can you can slot in. Yeah, I agree. The leaf packs are not actually the best choice, but. Um... It's such a perfect fit in the Turan that I didn't want to roll with anything else. But they're also, I mean, they are widely available. They're well understood. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can pick up you know, packs at a sensible price. I mean, I can see why a lot of people go down the leaf route. Um, I'm just I'm just very scared of those voltages. <laughs> yeah, I saw a video the other, the other day when we, my dad usually comes to help me here. And I gave him an unisolated screwdriver to tighten the bolts. And like watching this afterwards, it's just cringe. <laughs> I mean, doing it myself is one thing, but giving it to my dad. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's. I had my my actually had my well, she was then I think, uh, ten year old daughter, help me strip down the BMW pack, uh, which raised a few eyebrows. Albeit she also did quite a lot of welding on the car. She wel she welded up a good oh. chunk of the battery box. So, at the age of ten, so it's That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, she's the the younger one's jealous now. The younger one wants to learn to weld now. So uh, on, on my second project, the younger one's going to do some of the welding. Uh, and she's only nine at the moment. She might be 10 by the time I get her, get her in some welding gloves. But uh... Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> I think it's just it's, it, they, they're hungry for, for learning, aren't they? They're not, they're, they're not funny. They're not fussed about the electronics or the computing or the code or anything like that. But they like the mechanical stuff and the aesthetics. They're very good at working out where things ought to fit in the engine bay. Um, what, what's been the most rewarding aspect of these projects for you? And actually, the, the wider open inverter project, because you know I've contributed a tiny amount to this community. I've, the only thing I've, I've sort of submitted that people actually use is some 3D printed parts for the Prius inverter. And every time I see somebody else printing those out, the thrill, the reward is absolutely enormous. You must get that kind of times a thousand with the, with people sort of using Open Inverter for their own projects, don't you? I do. I mean, especially seeing the high power conversions uh, is especially fun because, you know, when you do something, uh, something new, there's a lot of people or experts who say this is not going to be possible, it's going to perform poorly. And then years later, you see people doing donuts with their 400 kilowatt whatever <laughs> car like uh, what it does with. so that's that is uh rewarding but i would say the first hand experience even has always been more rewarding like getting this foc algorithm to actually perform strongly the first time mm. I think in the forum I express it as it's like sniffing cocaine, even though I've never sniffed cocaine. But that's how I imagine it. It's just it's such a rush that you finally made it. Uh, I'd say that's the most rewarding. To, to, and, to and, that's, and, and that's an incredible piece of engineering. So if FOC, field oriented control, for people who don't understand, this is this is a more sort of precise method of controlling the motors based on position. If that, that's my understanding, anyway. Yes, it's uh, it's current control versus what's called feed forward control. So feed forward means you just dump some voltage into the motor and hope it does something good. 
plotted FOC. It's actually a current control loop that just puts a defined current into the motor. So it's not going to overcurrent as easily as the feed forward control. And it never has. And, and, and I can say from experience, it works very well. Uh, it works very well indeed, even even on my rather overstressed motor. Um, nice. Good yeah, I'm looking forward to changing that soon. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it gets us, both me and Jamie actually using the same motor, same inverter and, and FOC mm -hmm. control. Uh, it gets us around nicely. Um, do you... Uh, are there challenges with the community as well? Because it has grown so much and, and you've got a huge range of people, of, of different levels of experience in there as well. Uh, do you find, are there sort of frustrations being at the heart of that community as well? Um, no. Uh, I think keeping the set of rules down makes it quite easy. So... You know, some forms have rules that you shouldn't dig up one year old posts or threads and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, it's, it's still the same topic even years later. Just keep adding to it, no problem. So in the community, I wouldn't say that's any frustration. That's good. It's, uh, the more unnerving thing is like getting private emails, but uh, I think it's making a way around that I don't really want to do that or answer questions for free uh, or especially answer them just for one person the same question over and over again so please go to the forum and then everyone sees it publicly but no i gotta say it's it's uh, surprisingly frustration free this whole community thing that's very good and, and it, it feels like there's a real I mean, there's a, there's a huge amount of, of life to the community at the moment. A lot of really interesting projects, some incredible builds on there. Do you have a sort of sense of what the what the future is for Open Inverters and where it's going and what's next? To be honest, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we're going to see. It, it's changed a whole lot from, you know, like homebrew inverters and motors and uh, to using off the shelf or not off the shelf but you know second hand components yeah that's um that's been a huge improvement already to, to the stuff. and i guess it's gonna kind of change in that way as we move along so we kind of put start putting more and more technology from the oem manufacturers into our conversions now we just got to track to be able to use them the CCS project is just uh, a great example of that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's, I mean, CCS is, is not simple. Um, but, yeah. you know, sort of cracking that nut and, and being able to do that sort of fast charging is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, no, no great ambition, to be honest. Oh, well, it's, I mean, without even without any ambition, it seems to be progressing very nicely. And you know, having been at, um, I, you know, I spent Sunday, you know, sorry, Saturday um, over in Yorkshire at, at an EV meetup where you've got all of the, uh, you know, you've got Teslas and Kias and um, Volkswagens and um, Peugeots, all, all these electric cars and their drivers. And the two cars that got far and away the most attention were the two conversions. Yeah, um, always. Yeah. And you know, also people absolutely shocked at the order of magnitude difference in costs. Yeah, I think that the, the cheapest car there was probably a Renault Zoe or the or the Peugeot. Yeah, you know, the Peugeot's thirty thousand pounds, and Jamie's there with his bug plug that cost two thousand pounds, including the car. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow, yeah, that's that's impressive. You know, slightly different in performance but and range, but nonetheless, the fact that you can get into this world for a very small amount of money, I think, appeals to a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. And it does; it feels like it's getting more accessible as well. You know, more use of those OEM components. Yeah. You know, more people out there sharing back their knowledge. It feels like I think I think it's it's going to be an interesting few years in that community. Yes, I saw a very exciting video recently on I think a German camp company in Hamburg who specialized on the VWT5 and T6. Okay. So what they do is they remove the entire sub subframe and like in their factory they pre-manufacture, they put the motor on it, and these, you know, all the ED stuff on the subframe and then like any workshop can just drop the car onto its new subframe and the conversion is like 50% done. Wow. 50 batteries. So they reckon uh, they can do a conversion within four days with that technique. That's amazing. It's quite similar to I think what well, I think the um, the guys who were on my uh, podcast a few weeks ago who were doing with the London taxis. Um, yes. You, with the idea, you know, just drop the whole lot out, you know, replace it with a, a Nissan Leaf or ENV two hundred based stack that just drops straight in. Um, and if you're doing that, you know, the same model over and over again, you know, hopefully very repeatable. Yeah, that's a big advantage. Um, now, what random question I ask everybody, what's your favorite tool? What's the tool that you, you use most often? I think it's probably some sort of spectrum analyzer or something, isn't it? I'd say this this laptop. I've, I've gone through uh, two of these laptops because the first one, um, basically the battery voltage ran into the one USB port and came out the other USB port. It still ah. worked after that, but the <laughs> USB port was low. That was quite amazing. So yeah, I'm actually I'm quite loving this laptop. It um, incorporates most functions I need to do, you know, the canvas and the scope and all that. What is it? Is it, is it any particular model you're obsessed with? Mm, no, it just happens to be a Samsung, you know, kind of, uh, what's the Apple version of that? Airbook? Okay, it yeah, of, yeah. It kind of looks like a cheap copy of the Airbook. <laughs> That's yeah, not not dissimilar to my Asus, which is a a sort of pur- purple airbook. Um, so you see, so working on the A two, your wife has rather put the uh, you know rather rather uh, said no to to other projects. But do you do you have an eye on a, on a, on another car you'd like to do? Is there is there a sort of future project in your head that at some point you'd like to uh, convert? Uh, I think I would like to do a rear wheel drive conversion with one of these. Um... What are they Lexus 450. Mm. They, they slide underneath the car so nicely, and all the engine bays work for all the rest. So eventually, yes, it's, I just have to find someone who will drive it. <laughs> it can't be yours. <laughs> yeah, actually, my sister has the same car as Damien converted this uh, three series. I'm not too familiar with BMW model numbers. E36. E36. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the older one. Yeah, anyway, it's a okay. rear-wheel drive BMW um, estate, is that what you call it? Okay, yeah, yeah, touring, yeah. yeah. Touring, yeah. yeah. Maybe that. I th- uh, yeah, I think, yeah. I, I wish BMW E30s, so the even older one hadn't got so expensive, because that then I could get the kids in it, and that would be super cool. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we can, we can dream. They're now tens of thousands of pounds, because they're so popular over here. But anyway, so um, 
I mean, I guess it really just remains to say thank you in many ways. I'm so pleased that you got this obsession sort of back in 2008 and decided to put this out there um, and have, you know, sort of created this and continue to support it as well. Because it's, it's. I mean, Open Inverter was kind of the first place I found myself. I actually found myself there when I was doing some research on the future of the car. It wasn't with a view to doing a project initially. I just sort of stumbled across this forum um, uh, and, and thought it was fascinating. It was only when that idea came together with my with my daughter's fancy for a, a sort of 60s style roadster that the whole project was born but yeah i think you know, it just it behooves me to say sort of thank you on behalf of everyone who's, who's, who's used it is using it is running a car on it uh, and i'm so pleased it's not a hassle because <laughs> i hope you're going to carry on tinkering with this technology for a long time to come yes i mean i gotta say thank you as well because uh, just imagine doing me me doing this all on my own. I would have stopped by now, of course. And I'm very happy to say that I'm like not Mr. Open Inverter. It's, it's a community that does most of the editions and uh, yeah, keeps it moving forward. So uh, very pleased with that. It's a great community. I, I love it. Fantastic. Well, listen, thank you so much, Johannes. I would advise anybody, if you are interested in doing a DIY EV conversion, if this is your first experience of it, go and join the Open Inverter community. Go and ask the community questions. Don't start peppering Johannes or Damien with emails. Go and learn from the community. Go and look at other people's builds. There's so much information out there now. Uh, and it is growing all the time. And uh, you know, I'd certainly, as, as a part of that community, would love to have more people in there doing crazy builds, whether they are a sort of you know a city runabout or a 400 kilowatt monster um they're all good fun to see so thanks again johannes really appreciate you coming on and uh, yeah i shall speak to you soon on the forum no doubt yeah see you there bye bye <laughs>